Good evening, everyone. It is Adam Peter Shin. Welcome to another edition of the Heroic Music Producer Podcast. In tonight's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Fruity Loops, how I got started with that, and also we're going to dive into uh, sample creation and what could go wrong with that. Let go. I spent the last 10 years of my life learning how to produce and mix music from some of the most successful producers in the music industry. Now I'm betting it all on myself, that I can create a successful full-time career as a music producer. The question now is, how can I do it without begging big-name artists to sing and rap over my instrumentals? This podcast is here to show you how. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share exactly what it takes to make it as an online music producer in the 21st century. Hi, my name is Adam Peter Shin, and welcome to the Heroic Music Producer Podcast. All right, welcome back, guys. Uh, just want to get started talking about how I got started with Fruity Loops. Let's just kick that off right now. So, in the last episode, I just to to kind of recap um, towards the end, I, I began to tell you guys that after basically figuring out that two tracks were were kind of a faux pas in the recording world, and then realizing that. It would cost tons of money for me to buy just nothing but exclusives to get around that exclusive uh, licenses from producers. I decided I was going to take music production a little bit more seriously and try to learn the art myself, or at least try to. Um, That was kind of the idea behind that. But kind of going back further, uh, so that was around college time that I decided I was going to get a little bit more serious. But I, I I started getting into production... Uh, producing my own beats with Fruity Loops back in high school. And uh, I think it came at a time when the program itself gained a lot of notoriety for just being really easy to use. And and back then, I I did have experience, obviously I had experience with MTV Music Generator, and I did have some experience just playing around with loop files on Cakewalk Plasma. So I thought, hey, you know what? Let me just give this program a try. So, of course, I, I downloaded a pirated version of, of Fruity Loops at the time. I think the program, even back then, I mean, it's still, to this day, it's still really cheap. Uh, but back then, especially, I know it, had, it couldn't be more than 100 bucks. But um, it was just really easy for a lot of people to download. And I, I probably got it off of uh, one of those file-sharing sites like Napster, because I think we had this file sharing site called Kazaa, and I think that maybe I got it off of that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I had a copy of, of Fruity Loops, like a lot of producers my age. And uh, back then especially, it was the most basic of programs. And truly, true to form, it was super easy to use, super easy to get into, very intuitive. Um, I think I maybe figured out the program in like a day. <laughs> and you know, I say that in jest because I'm still figuring out the program. But um, to get up and running and to basically render down my first beat did not take me long at all. Now that being said, my initial beats did not sound that great uh, because I didn't have any really any keyboard instruments. I didn't have a lot of external sounds uh, that you eventually, as a producer, you build over time. You build your your arsenal of of um, samples and sounds, but we'll, we'll get into that. 
But anyway, I, I was just a 16-year-old kid just trying to make beats from my bedroom back in Denver, North Carolina. And uh, fun times, man. I, back in high school when I was just dabbling around with the program, uh, of course, I was doing some of my own rap music, but I also had friends who I went to high school with who wanted to get to know how to use, to uh, how to rap and stuff. And I was kind of mentoring some friends, and and uh, in the process, I, I decided that I would test out some of my own beats with them and and see how they would sound on on my own beats. A lot of the beats I made, I I, I didn't really like for myself to rap over, but for whatever reason. I thought it would be cool to get some of my friends to rap over them. So, um, yeah. So, so back then, I was. I, I remember I had this song in particular for my for my own music. Um, I was in my pre. This is eleventh grade. I was in my pre calculus class, and uh, just for fun, it wasn't a class project, kind of like my ninth grade uh, class project was. But I thought it'd be really fun uh, in my pre calculus class just to make a math related rap and surprise not only my teacher but also my classmates with it so i recorded this song called the factor song and oh, yada yada if you if you remember anything about math you probably remember uh the whole factoring of of polynomials i i barely remember it uh but shout out to my math teacher uh mrs fletcher man she she did a great job teaching us um and i think partly as just wanting a way to to remember some of the math terminology that we were getting quizzed on, but to also entertain the class, I made the song. And uh, I remember coming in, uh, it was my class was super early in the morning. It was probably like eight o'clock. I mean, that's way too early for any, forget kids, I mean, just any person to be doing all that math. And uh, I remember coming in with a CD, and I, I told my teacher what was going on, and she's like, oh, you know, let's, uh, let's go pop it in the computer and listen to it right away. And uh, before I knew it, it was just a, the whole class had gotten up near her computer, and she played uh, played the song on her Dell. I think she had like the Dell uh, laptop speakers, and played the song. And uh, there's in a there's a part in the chorus where I, I had like a really high pitched no slope or something like that. And uh, at that moment, man, the whole the whole class just lost it, and they thought that was the greatest thing. Um, but anyway, so I remember. Uh, shortly after the song finished, Josh, one of my friends, not the same Josh who I did uh, Percussion Monks with, but a different Josh, uh, he, he commented how much he liked the beat. And I think that was the first time I felt validated for, for making, for one of my own productions. And lo and behold, I just did it in the most basic of of basic programs and that was the very first version or, or one of the very first versions of fl studio which back then was known as fruity loops um but i even though he said that i kind of knew that there was there's only a little bit of truth to that because going back and listening to some of those early beats i was making now uh, i i noticed something especially with the drums just how off they sounded i mean I, I try to make it do what it do, if you know what I'm saying, but a lot of those stock drums that I had that I was using with Fruity Loops when I was making those beats, they were for electronic music producers. So I'm, I'm talking about when you think hip-hop drums, right? You're thinking about, you know, just this kick drums that punch really hard. You're thinking maybe about uh, 
snares that have that snap, like that boom bap, early 90s, grungy hip-hop style. That's kind of what you think about when you think about hip-hop. And a lot of the, the stuff that I was using in that program, it just did not sound like it fit at all. So, really, FL Studio, when you first get it out of the box, if you're producing hip-hop music, you honestly have to get started and, and, and just get down to business and find some good samples to use with it. Because the stuff that comes with it, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some stuff that sounds okay that you can use, but there's definitely some stuff on there that you might as well just leave alone if you're uh, if you're a hip-hop music producer. But sure enough, I, I kind of got in there and I figured that out, and I was like, well, I don't know exactly what where to go from here to, to change up the sound and make it sound more hip-hop, but let me do some research. And... Uh, during that period of time, I was I was kind of in my my college days. I was starting to notice not only what the producers on SoundClick were doing, but also what my friends in college were doing. And uh, ultimately, I I figured out that a lot of my friends were sampling their own beats, which I, I thought was really cool. And uh, around the time of college, I was also kind of going back in the history books and I was trying to learn as much about the history of hip-hop as I could and I was studying producers classic producers like Pete Rock and uh and Q-Tip Tribe Called Quest kind of the golden age of hip-hop all that production stuff and I started to notice I was like you know what there's something about this sampling that uh that is really a catchy element of hip-hop and something I didn't realize how much exactly i liked until until it was really put in front of my face and i realized this that this is the sound that i've been kind of hunting for and uh so i was starting to watch videos I, again i think this is around the time youtube was very new and uh, I, I was watching videos of producers and how their production techniques and i was watching i think i was watching a video of ski beats who did some of the the early jay-z reasonable doubt stuff and I watched him get on like a SP-1200, which is a an old-school sampling machine. Um, and also he got on the MPC, which is a which is a drum machine. And uh, he he showed the video how he how he made the uh, the Dead Presidents beat off the Jay Z Reasonable Doubt CD. And uh, I I always thought that beat was so cool. I just didn't know how he did it. And in that video, which I think is still on YouTube today, he he kind of showed off how he did it. And I remember just being so inspired by by seeing those uh, those YouTube videos of the producers just doing their thing with boom with boom bap, and I was like, man, I got to give this a shot. So again, I get back into my my Fruity Loose program, and it, <laughs> it's a terrible idea now, but I think at the time I thought this was the only way I could make it happen. But I I, I remember having to buy like a, one of those uh, three point five millimeter um stereo jacks and i think i went out of like my headphone jack back into my microphone jack uh just so i could play some some uh some really cool samples off of uh youtube and try to capture them into my into my fruity loops and then uh i got out the the slice x tool <laughs> which shout out to you guys who use fruity loops and fl studio who who know what uh slice x is it's basically where you can take a sample that you recorded and chop it up into various ways and then uh replay the different chops and make them into this uh 
kind of a, a a syncopated pattern and that's a lot when you listen to something like a DJ Premier beat and it's really just um it, it sounds kind of like chopped up and stuff like that that's what that's all about and uh I, I remember finishing my first sampled instrumental and uh just feeling so accomplished and being like man I couldn't even try I couldn't even play anything this cool if I wanted to uh this is definitely the way forward this is what I got to rock with moving forward and uh, so I remember sharing those beats uh, around with with friends that I went to school with, other rappers, and uh, they they thought it was really cool. Um, around that same time, though, um, I think this was around 2007. So I remember turning on YouTube one day, and uh, Ti released the Ti versus Tip album and he had some behind the scenes footage of uh the process of making the record and he was working with just blaze the producer just blaze on the on the album and they were finishing up they were wrapping up uh the production on the album and i think they were about to send it to post-production through uh like they just finished the mixes they were about to send send it to mastering um to to basically meet the deadline of the of the record label that said hey you guys got to put this this album out like in the next day or two and they were rushing to get the cd done they were rushing to get the album done and uh they ran into this issue so there was a song on there on the ti versus tip album called help is on helps on the way or something like that and uh, I remember watching this documentary. I'm just sitting behind the computer screen and uh, and watching what happened. And uh, it showed that uh, I think Just Blaze rushed in the studio where T.I. was or vice versa. Uh, and, they, and they came in the studio and they were like, oh, my God, like, we we gotta we gotta do something different because the the they tried to clear the sample for the record and they were talking about the help is on the way song or help is coming song and and uh, I, I I guess it was uh, uh, one of it, man it may it maybe maybe it wasn't Tr or Just Blaze but somebody came in the room and Just Blaze was there. And uh, the person came in the room, maybe like a an A and R or an exec, and they're like, "We try to we try to get the sample cleared, but they wouldn't clear it." And uh, you guys got to replay the sample, and I, it was this huge deal because the sample that or the 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 part of the, the whatever song they sampled for that song was such an integral part of that song that if they had to replay it, they might as well just scrap the whole song. And seeing Just Blaze's look on his face when when he heard that they couldn't clear the sample, um, <laughs> at first I laughed, but I was like, "Huh, you know, I mean, maybe there is a complication with sampling." It, it, it kind of put it in my head, like maybe there is an issue with sampling because what if you can't get a sample cleared? And here I was watching this huge multi-platinum producer running into this issue right before the release of a big album. Um, this was, this was obviously a big anticipated release for TI and, uh, man, to, to be put in that position just, just at the last moment, I, <laughs> I was kind of feeling the, uh, the, uh, the cold flashes for him, you know, at the same time. Um, I didn't think, I, I, I kind of put that in the back of my head. I didn't think too much of it at the time. Uh, but then I came across something else. So one thing I got to say is I'm a huge Nas fan. So I love Nas. He's definitely one of my favorite MCs. And 
I was just searching for Nas videos on YouTube one day, and I came across this thing uh, where he was participating in this Red Bull uh, producer contest. And if I remember right, the, the stipulation of the contest was you had to submit beats. And uh, if, if your beat or your beats got chosen to be voted the best amongst uh, the judges, then you got to work one-on-one -on -one with Nas on a song. And uh, this producer by the name of Seasick, uh, which he does, he's a very talented producer, up-and-coming producer. He's He's been around for a little while now working with the likes of Logic and others. But um, back around this time, which this would have been 2008, 2009, uh, he won the contest and they showed him working with, with Nas on a song called Film. And uh, I love the beat. It's, it's actually... Interestingly, it's one of the favorite productions I've ever heard Nas get on. Uh, Nas Film. Look it up if you get a chance if you haven't heard it. Definitely a dope song. Um, but they were showing the making of this beat, and the whole time they played it, it used this sample, um, which just sounded amazing when they played it back with the drums and everything on it. And they showed Nas rapping to it, and they, they showed the completed song, and I listened to it. And I was like, man, this song is so fire. I got to find it. I got to go download it immediately, buy it, whatever I got to do uh, to get it in my music library. I got to make that happen. And when I went to go search for it again in other places, I noticed that the finished product sounded completely different from what I heard in that Red Bull video. And I won't, I won't say it was a lot worse, but it just definitely wasn't the same. It didn't have the same vibe. Um, and it's hard to explain the vibe that I got from, from hearing to the sample on the song. But I could tell that the new version had to, was replayed. Kind of like the whole T.I. track. Um, it was replayed, and it just did not have that same feel to it. And I remember just spending a whole bunch of time trying to find the original version that had the sample in it. And I, I found out later that, yeah, Seasick actually got into a cease and desist order for that song where he basically got told, hey, you know, this sample, we're not going to clear this sample for you. You got to replay it for your finished production. Um, definitely don't put out the version that has the original sample in it. And uh, once I found that out, I was like, man... Are you, are you kidding me? You're going to dangle this really dope beat in front of my face and then the one that this, that's the finished product is not the same? Now, of course, you know, it's, it's like one of those situations where if you don't give a, a gorilla a banana, he's not going to know it's amazing. So if I hadn't heard that original uh, beat that was on the, the making of the, the Red Bull making of the beat thing with uh, with Nas and Seasick, I wouldn't have known that there was another track to look for, but... Man, I just I just started to realize like, hey, what if I make a real a beat that I'm really proud of? I love the way it sounds. I, I, I but obviously I ripped off the production and didn't get my sample cleared. Or let's just say I tried to get it cleared, but you know the 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 artist or the publisher came back and just gave me a bunch of rats about it. What do I do then? So that that really gave me a mindset shift, and, and I think as soon as I I found out about that Nas track and keeping all the Ti stuff in mind, I was like, man, I you know I might as well just take off all my beats that I, that I sampled off of SoundCloud just so I can avoid getting in trouble. Um, so that was definitely a shift for me because while I did acknowledge that I loved the sound of sampled hip hop, um, 
I was like, man, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a way where I can go into this and I can, I can still sample, but not get in trouble. One, not get in trouble. Two, if I'm going about it legitimately, um, not get shut down, especially, you know, in, in TI and just Blaze's case where I'm, I'm about to wrap up an album and get the stiff arm that way. So eventually I did come to that conclusion and I'm going to tell you guys about it in the next episode. Um, so yeah, stick around for the next episode. I'm going to show you guys exactly how I got around that conundrum of how do I maintain sampled hip hop without getting in trouble and playing by the rules. So until next time, guys, thanks again for listening. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, etc., 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 uh, feel free to shoot me an email. I'm at AP Shin on uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Adam Peter Shin. And you can also hit me up on my email, apshin at gmail.com. Again, this has been another episode of the Heroic Music Producer Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Peter Shin. Till next time. Peace.